You're listening to MedEx, the Medical Extrusion Podcast. Presented by U.S. Extruders. Extrude with confidence. Custom extrusion equipment designed for you and your application. Welcome to the MedEx Podcast. I'm Steve Maxson. This is part one of a discussion with Teddy Mudge, Managing Director and Founder of Hoop Medical, based in Wexford, Ireland. Hoop Medical specializes in the development and manufacture of advanced balloons for medical device applications. Teddy, welcome to the MedEx podcast. Thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah, it's great to be with you here on your show. Teddy, uh, to start off, um, please give our listeners a background about Hoop Medical, when and why you started and where you are today and what the future holds. Yeah, sure. So, um, I started Hoop Medical with my business partner, Clive Hayes. Um, Clive is Irish and, and lives in Ireland. I'm, I'm South African and um, spend most of my time between South Africa and Ireland. But um, we actually first meet, met each other back in 2012. Um, and I was a design engineer um, designing balloon catheters, among other medical devices. And they were super challenging, difficult uh, balloons. And um, I found Clive on that, on that journey, uh, actually at a trade show in Stuttgart in Germany. Mm-hmm. And, um, and from then on, Clive made these balloon components for me. And um, about six years in, um, the company that Clive was working for got acquired by a large multinational. And... Um, at that point, I was freaking out because now I didn't have a necessarily have a supplier for my balloon components. So it transpired that that, that buyer was going to pretty much mothball the either mothball the, a lot of the um, machinery or m- move it in house. Um, but regardless, they had decided not to service all the other customers, including me. So I, you know, over over the course of a few months. Um, was chatting to Clive about what his next steps might be. And um, I made it clear that I was keen to start a balloon company. Clive was keen as well. So so over the course of about six months, we, we decided to actually go ahead and do it and take the punch. And, um, and yeah, we haven't looked back since. Walk us through some of the, um, some of the balloon types that you work with, compliance levels, any unique applications that you might be able to share with us. And, and don't be afraid to, to just describe what compliance means when I say that to the listeners that might not be familiar with balloon technologies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so um, basically we make any balloon that can be made with a blow-forming process and a thermoplastic material. So what that means is um, basically certain polymers can be um, heated and reshaped and then cooled and they will hold that new shape and that's a thermoplastic and we're limited to working with those specific polymers now that's a that's a huge group um, mm-hmm. and but it but it does exclude materials like silicon and it does exclude materials like latex and latex is a you know old-fashioned some of the original balloons were made from latex uh, urinary catheters for example um, 
and and now nowadays no one really wants to touch latex because it's um allergenic and i think between two and a half and four percent of people uh, have a reaction to latex so um these days for those super compliant balloons which is another word for very stretchy in that context mm. um those kind of very stretchy elastic balloons like that used to be made with latex are now made with alternative materials that um that don't have these allergenic responses and and basically we do those materials so while we don't do latex and silicon we have alternative thermoplastics that that work for those for many of those applications um so so yeah materials it's thermoplastics process it's blow forming um so blow forming is a very similar process to the way that plastic water bottles are made so uh, for those listeners out there who've kind of rotted on YouTube and watched water bottles getting pumped out <laughs> by the thousands, um, it's basically you, you take some um, some plastic which is which starts out in a shape. In in our instance, it's often a tube, an extruded tube. Um, but in the bottling analogy, it looks a bit like a test tube, um, the, the starting piece, which some people call a parison, and. Um, and then to that plastic, you apply um, stretch. So you, you, you stretch it longitudinally, you apply temperature, heat, and you apply a, a pressure on the inside. And when you do those three things, you can get the plastic to expand outwards, radially outwards, and to fill a tool. Um, so in this case, the tool is on the outside of the balloon and you blow form the balloon out into the tool. And when it contacts that tool, it's prevented from expanding further outwards. And then you put it through a number of thermal processes to set it into that shape. And then you remove the pressure and remove the balloon from the tool. And that's your balloon component that you're left with at the end. And that's what we make and, and, and sell. Uh, that balloon component then goes on to get assembled onto a medical device like a balloon catheter or a surgical robot or whatever it might be. Um, so uh, back to your question, we were talking about um, the types of balloons and we touched on this idea of compliance, balloon compliance. Now, that's not to be confused with something like regulatory compliance. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's more of a, an engineering term for um, how much something will give when you apply force on it. Um, so in this scenario, we're talking about a balloon. And these balloons, um, they get used for all sorts of different things. And depending on what the balloon needs to do inside the, the body um, dictates what kind of a balloon you should design and make. And so one thing that balloons get used for is like dilation or dilatation applications. So those are when, you, when you're trying to use a balloon to open something up. And um, an example of that would be like putting a stent into a coronary artery, for example. You'd, mm -hmm. you'd have the stent on the outside of the balloon 
you'd inflate the balloon when it's when your stent's in position it would force open or dilate that stent and you would then deflate the balloon take the balloon out the stent stays behind that's a common use case for um, medical balloon but they're also used for other things besides dilation like for example occlusion so to occlude um, either a blood vessel or um, some anatomy um, you could think of a urinary catheter somewhat as a bit of an occlusion balloon you know the, the balloon is preventing the urine from um, from leaking out right so but it, it's also kind of anchoring the device so balloons can be used for anchorage um, but you'll see so so in the scenario where you're wanting a balloon to expand something you're going to want the balloon to put out a certain force or pressure and often that pressure is high and so um, sort of looping back to this idea of balloon compliance um, a, a dilation balloon which is perhaps needing a high pressure to exert a high force mm -hmm. that would typically be either a non-compliant balloon or a semi-compliant balloon what it means is the balloon doesn't change diameter by much as you inflate it to high and higher pressures um, on the flip side what, what you'd call a compliant balloon or a super compliant or ultra compliant balloon that type of balloon is very stretchy very compliant so as you increase increase the pressure inside that balloon the diameter of the balloon will increase a lot and yeah that's what balloon compliance is in a, in a nutshell okay. um, balloon stretchiness is yeah. what I like to sometimes call it um, and we make all types of balloons from non-compliant through to ultra compliant and um, we do that in two different ways we have two different manufacturing processes around making those different balloons and but also you know there's a lot of nuances within that so for example there, there's different tooling types mm -hmm. and uh, there's two common types of tools um, what pe many people would call a three-piece tool which is quite common for non-compliant semi-compliant balloons of like standard shapes but then your compliant balloons often have crazy shapes um, very unusual shapes that can't be made with tooling like that so another type of tooling that's quite common in industry is clamshell tooling where mm -hmm. the the parting line is running lengthways down the balloon rather than running circumferentially um, yeah. as is the case with the three-piece tool so those are your two broad tooling types and we have as i said different machines to work with different those two different tooling types but um sort of within that those tooling types there are subclasses and you can you can split tools in many different ways and and we sometimes have to do that to make some of these super challenging balloon shapes um there, there's been a lot of um new technology new, new devices requiring new new types of balloons um that we've been working on the last three years and uh we're just sort of never quite sure what's going to come in the door next when it comes to <laughs> um the, the next idea that comes yeah. in from, from one of our customers but yeah so i mean that's broadly speaking the, the different types of balloons we make um long story short 
pretty much any medical balloon unless you need it from silicon, in which yeah. case we can't help you. Thanks for listening to the MedX podcast. In part two of this episode, we get into more technical details with Teddy Mudge about medical balloon forming and balloon designs. Thank you for listening to MedX, the medical extrusion podcast presented by U.S. Extruders. Please subscribe to make sure you're getting the latest episodes. For video episodes, go to us-extruders.com forward slash podcasts. All links are available in the show notes.